One foot on the ground. This, this is, is Ashley. Oh, dang it! <laughs> God dang it! <laughs> this is Ashley, and this is Johnny. <laughs> and today we are discussing Wong Kar Wai's "In the Mood for Love" from the year a two thousand. Nailed it! Look at you. Well, I and I definitely know this one. Um, this was my selection for the kids out there. Um, they, they know. They, they're aware. <laughs> they see a Criterion title and they're like, oh, that must be John. Um, so, uh, Ashley, in your opinion, what is this movie about? I mean, it's very obvious, but what is this movie? About? Oh, it's about loneliness. <laughs> well, it's, a, yeah. it's, yeah, it's about uh, two two people who are neighbors who uh, don't really see their spouses a ton and come to the realization that their spouses are having an affair with one another. Meanwhile, these two people are kind of like working through it together and end up naturally catching feelings for one another. And then, you mm. know, the, the dread train rolls on. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was telling Ashley before we started recording that I mistakenly picked this because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a romantic comedy or something. And then I, <laughs> I remember, I mean, I obviously have seen this film many, 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 many times, but I, I remember it being so fucking gorgeous, but I always forget, oh shit, I cry out this one <laughs> every single time. Um, yeah. It does not end very It doesn't pleasantly. end on a high note. <laughs> no. Um, it's basically unrequited love, which is the worst to me. I hate it. I think it's awful. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely love stories about it, but it's just gut-wrenching. I hate it. I just hate it so much. But, like, Age of Innocence is another one that I, I think it's one of the best films. I think it's spectacular but it's just so gut-wrenching because you're like oh my god you two should be together and you're not um but with this one i well first of all i had texted you not to read about it first right and did you know anything about this film before you watched it no no, no, I didn't, and I didn't read about it, and because you, and I, and I never do. <laughs> oh, good, I okay. Never, well, I wasn't I never, sure. I go in blind. I, I prefer to go into movies blind if it's possible. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to be mad about seeing, like, a trailer or reading a review or something beforehand, but if I have the option to not know a dang thing, I, I will take it. Oh, good, uh, okay. But yeah, but you, mean, had, you had set it up like, don't read anything about it. I want to know, you know, what you think. And I went in thinking that some wild twist was going to happen or something, no. something bananas. And I mm -hmm. left with like, huh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, it was more, it was more about, and this is, I kind of didn't want to, talk to you about it at all. I mean, obviously, because I want to save it for, for this format <laughs> for us talking about it. But I also was curious about how you would deal with his style of filmmaking, because he is, it's linear for, no, actually, it's not. It's not linear. Mm -mm. I mean, it is for the most part, but there are parts that are not. He, he messes with time. Like, he, yeah. he messes with 
and I think he messes with like what us like we as the viewer perceive with time. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like he's like bamboozling you a little bit. Yes. Especially with we never really get to see uh the main characters. I I forget their names. Chow and Sue, right? I think so. Um and we never see. <laughs> I we, should know this. <laughs> yeah. I know them by their their actors' names. Tony and Tony uh, and Maggie. Yeah. Um, because I fucking love both of them. Yeah, they're both great. And Tony, oh my god, Tony is so sexy. I can't stand it. There it is. <laughs> oh my god, he is so hot. Um, but yeah, and let like, me tell we, you something. We don't see we don't see their spouses, but we see no, the backs never. of them. And yes. so sometimes we'll we'll catch a frame where like they're like maggie's having a conversation with her husband and then you're like well nope it's tony you know yes 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 well that's kind of what i wanted to blindside you with because when I, well first of all this is one of the criterion films that i've told you about where i bought it for the cover because the cover of this film is so gorgeous I was like, I don't care what this film is. I want to own that cover. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, of so course, I bought as you it. Do. I bought it not knowing anything about the film at all, or the filmmaker for that matter. And of course, after I saw this, I was like, well, I have to see his other films. Um, he does this one is movies. my favorite, huh? I said he does pretty movies. Yeah, his movies are fantastic, but this one is my favorite. Um, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in my head. I'm trying to picture all of his films. I mean, like a, I do love his other films, like Chung King Express and um, 2046. Twenty forty six is like a. Well, twenty. I was going to get to twenty forty six. Okay, my bad. Definitely, because um, <laughs> that's very important. But um, what is it? Well, Happy Together. I mean, hello. It's Tony, the sexy Tony, as a gay man in Brazil. I'm like, yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> like, and he's in his underwear for like most of the movie. And I'm like, this is just the best film I've ever seen. <laughs> but um, he also did his first English film was My Blueberry Nights with um, Jude Law and Nora Jones. And it was beautiful to look at. But it was a little like, I don't think a lot of people liked it. I don't think it did very well. Um, in fact, I know it didn't do well, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was it, it was very good. It is a very good film. I don't know why people didn't like it, but I mean, I guess if you're not used to his filmmaking and if you hadn't seen his films and then all of a sudden you're watching Jude Law and Nora Jones in her first ever film, you would just get confused because you're like, what is this movie? What is happening? And that's kind of like this one because when I first saw this film, I mean, first of all, I fell in love with it immediately. Like it was, it, it is absolutely gorgeous as soon as it begins. It is gorgeous. The photography is spectacular. The sets, the costumes, everything about this film is just stunning. But it's also the techniques and the framing and the camera movement i mean it all just i'm getting goosebumps just talking about this movie but it is it's just a fantastically beautiful film to enjoy but it's also like i said it's all it also is very traumatic but what i was going to say is the the structure of it is so odd because it's not something that you're used to if you hadn't seen one of his films and he's not very generous with it informing the audience exactly how to watch i don't know how else to how else to explain that but like he cuts and he's cutting straight into like i don't know four months later but you have no clue like you just have to pick up some kind of clue at some point that time has elapsed he um he kind of uses uh maggie or sue's clothing right as like a way to show the passage of time like the yeah. like them eating noodles but she's like 
the eating noodles or rice or whatever the scene I'm in particular I'm thinking of. Um, like, you know, she's eating and then she's wearing something different, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's how I understood that we were, we were moving forward. Doing well, it's also, thing. it's also an interesting film because it's one of those that doesn't have, um, indefinite costume changes. She does repeat dresses. Yes. Like a real human would. Um, and I kind of loved that. I was like, oh, okay. She's worn that before. <laughs> like she doesn't own an endless string of dresses that she <laughs> versus yes dresses no yeah. <laughs> but um and like you said like not seeing the spouses and this is all stuff that i'm glad you picked up on but like the first time i ever saw this film i loved it and i i got the gist of what was going on but it took me a couple of viewings to actually break down everything that was happening because it was kind of confusing you know you you never see the spouses which i didn't even realize until like the second time i saw it i was like oh shit you never even see their faces like it didn't even occur to me and then like that whole trick of him making you think that she's talking to her husband because you only see the back of tony's head mm-hmm. and then they show tony and you're like oh shit she's talking to tony like <laughs> it's like and because they kept role-playing um, like they were role playing um, how the f- affair started and like they're imagining what happened and how they got together and all that kind of stuff. So they're, so you're kind of like stuck with these scenes that, you, you know, like you're led to believe it's one thing, but it's not that thing. It's something else. Um, and like I said, the passage of time, like he does give you some title cards for years like yeah. I think the main the main feature is what nineteen sixty four I think uh, oh I thought it was nineteen sixty five and then they went to nineteen sixty six sixty six yeah seventy two was it no or sing of well what was Cambodia was the last part right was it Cambodia oh yeah yeah Cambodia was yes I was thinking that when was she like when she went back to the the house or apartment or oh, whatever the, whatever that yeah, is yeah. called yeah i can't remember what year that was well anyway so he, he does give you those things um he also does things fast like the opening credits are like boom 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 film <laughs> and then like he gives you a cute little poem type thing at the beginning that you have to read really freaking quick like <laughs> those subtitles are flashing and you're like wait a minute what, yeah, what it started in 1962 <laughs> by the way oh okay okay um and then he also does things with and we i was sort of bringing that up a little bit like the camera movement was one of my favorite things ever like the the scene in the cafe when they first get together to kind of talk about the fact that their spouses are having an affair the way that he used the camera in that and i want to point out that christopher doyle was the cinematographer i think it was christopher doyle i think that's his name but he he was cinematographer for this and he's for part of it anyway um he had to leave because this was a very long shoot it was like 15 weeks or something it was very long but he had to go to another job so somebody else had to come in and fill him uh fill his shoes and a lot of people say that they can tell which ones christopher doyle photographed and which ones he didn't but I think it all works very well together. Um, but anyway, the the cafe scene where there's one one part where they're zooming back and forth between the two characters. That was to get that was reaction. the time where I was like, Ash, you need to you need to pay attention. You need to like yeah. get you, get it together <laughs> because she's not talking to her her husband. Like yeah. that that has got to be Tony. <laughs> yeah, and then how. I love towards the end of that scene when the camera is brought in from behind Tony mm-hmm. and tracks in until he's in the frame, like from behind him, not like, oh, it's hard to explain from right to left instead of going right to left. Like you're coming in. So you see the back of his head first and then you see his full profile kind of in the booth. I just, I fucking love that. I was like, oh my God, this is so fantastic. And this is also where I got my obsession with Jadeite. 
because there's Jedi all over this film. Like their teacups, their plates, their <laughs> it's all over. And I was like, I want to know what that is. I need to own all of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want my coffee to be consumed out of a Jedi cup. It looks so beautiful. And it does. Um, what else? What else? Well, also, Wong Kar Wai's way of making films, if I could never do it. It freaks me out. It's almost like Fellini, but not... Actually, I feel like it's more chaotic than Fellini. You um, know, I thought of Fellini when I was reading about how this dude did not have, like, an actual script. Yeah, no. And he no. was just kind of like, you know, act as though you would if you were having an affair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's basically what most... I, I think a lot of this one was improvised. I know for a fact most of Happy Together was improvised. Um the gay film in brazil uh, <laughs> and he went to brazil like just like with you know he didn't know the area or anything he just wanted to film there i guess or something and just brought these two actors with him and said hey make some scenes let's make a movie uh, <laughs> and with this one he limited how much he wrote for it so that he could do what he wanted with it and it was originally supposed to be it's very confusing because there's it's like he's making several films at once all the time so it's very confusing like to me if i were part of this i would just be so freaking confused i'd be like you want me to do what now and where i'm not sure i and, understand oh, my watch just yelled at me sorry guys oh, i could hear it crystal clear <laughs> it was really loud yeah. i didn't even know it did that <laughs> like why what are you doing um <laughs> that was weird <laughs> anyway she uh she my watch just threw me off um yeah he confused makes and your watch like, he, doesn't understand <laughs> yeah well like chung king express was a film that was like um three different stories being told in one film um that I mean, it's been so long since I've seen that one, but I, I think they all connect in some way, but not necessarily. Like, they don't have to. Um, and he was going to do that with this film, but he basically just took one of the storylines and just made a film out of that. And it was like, thank you for doing that. <laughs> thank you for just telling one story here. Um, and it was supposed to be about, like, I think it was called a story about food or something like that. And then... It also was part of a story about summer. And I think the translation of the actual title for this film, like the American title he chose in The Mood for Love, but in its original language, it's like um, Spring Love or something like that. I can't remember exactly. The Flower was, Years or The yes, Age the of Flower Love. Yes, The Flower Years. Yeah. So, which kind of makes sense yeah a title like that though makes me think of uh the seven year itch <laughs> i mean it's similar to that too i guess yeah in a way um but anyway so he had expanded on the idea of this story but then it was it got so big that he didn't use most of what he filmed and saved it and was like, well, I'll make it into, use it for 2046. So 2046 was like a direct, it is, well, it's hard to explain. It's, it's like a sequel. It's like a spiritual, like it's in the same universe, almost like a spiritual sequel, but it's also not. Yeah. I mean, it's the same character. Tony's character is the same character. Yeah, but he's also like a little different, right? Or yeah, repeating he's... bad behaviors. Or old well, behaviors. It's, I mean, that film is, it is fantastic. I think it, it was a beautiful sequel to this in a way. I mean, <laughs> it is, I mean, I, it's like an extension of the story more so. But it kind of like takes the 
the sentimental parts of this film and like repeat that over and over and over. So it's, it's 2046 is a little repetitious and I think that's on purpose, but it's, it's like a visual, hmm. Like visually repeating things, but in different ways. It's, it's <laughs> trying to explain Wong Kar Wai's films is so much fun. <laughs> it's like, what, who? And by the way, there was supposed to be a Wong Kar Wai box set from Criterion announced this year, and I haven't heard about it yet. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it, Criterion? Um, that would be fantastic to get most of those films <laughs> in one spot. But anyway, um, yeah, so, t- <laughs> so <Yeah>. 2046. But <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of Criterion and box sets and all that jazz, I watched this on on the Criterion uh, website. I streamed it through Criterion. Oh, okay. And um, I finally got it to work. And I was impressed with Criterion's quality. And I know that that sounds silly because, like, they're all about quality. Mm-hmm. Just for, like, the tiniest detail. But I didn't expect... I didn't know what to expect for it to translate through a streaming device and i was like this looks really <laughs> good for something that is streaming that's all yeah that's all i wanted to say i was like oh good job great job Cartier. i will say when i picked the film i pulled it off my shelf because i have the blu-ray and, <laughs> and like i i rewatched it this morning and i did not use the blu-ray i mean the blu-ray has been like sitting on the bed for like days and I was like, I don't feel like getting up. So I just watched it off of the Criterion channel because I didn't have to get out of the bed. <laughs> I was like, whatever. I don't feel like it. Um, so I watched it the same way. And it did. It looked it, it looked just as good I as was, the Blu-ray. I was, it was really surprised. Beautiful. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really hard to... I don't know. Like, streaming like is good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I stream most of my stuff. But Blu-rays just look a lot better. They can just, mm-hmm. like, you know, handle it a lot better. But, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, Criterion's good. Yeah, so interesting. I'm impressed. Um, what else? What else can we say about this film? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's tough stuff. It, what was I going to bring up? I don't even remember anymore. I know I can't think of anything. I, my brain is so something about Mahjong, right and I, I just oh yeah, they were playing that. I think th- like throughout the whole film, and it was yeah. it was quite. So, Sue's boss is also having an affair. It seems like affairs are just like a thing, you know. Yeah, and it's 1962. And where, what, I, I don't know what to call where they're living. They're living, like, in an apartment that has, like, a shared living space, but the landlords, because there's multiple landlords in this place, um, well, are often yeah, there's, in, in the, in the like, living space playing Mahjong. Yeah, they, they rent a room in an apartment, each of yes. them. Uh, but they're in two separate apartments renting rooms from two separate families yeah. but they all kind of convene in one area to hang out with each other like in a kitchen type setting mm-hmm. yeah i liked i liked how parallel like how he showed how parallel their lives were like they moved in on the same day mm-hmm. uh, their spouses were never around and they weren't eating in the in the common area where sometimes sue would uh leave like leave her apartment and they're like um oh, you can eat. And she's like, no, nah, I'm going to go get food. And they're like, we made enough for you. And she's like, I'm going to go to like the noodle stall and get some noodles. Bye. Yeah. But um, homeboy Chow doing the same stuff, you know, and they're just like passing each other by all the time. I'm sorry. But if I was stuck being alone all the time and Tony was the available man, 
I would not have been as nice as her. I would have been like, please take off my clothes. He wasn't and available. Make love to me. Make <laughs> love to me, you sexy man. They oh, both God, had partners. Uh, they both I had know, partners, I know. And everyone was just having an affair, but. Well, Sue, it also Sue makes me so. More, more guff. And when all... he wasn't having an affair. Wait a minute, say it again. What? Uh, Sue got more guff, like the the landlords were like like telling her what to do but in the, in that way where they're like mm, like we see you we see you a lady should you know shouldn't be going like like she when she went to go get noodles and they're like mm, dressed like that like she's like all dolled up or something girl first of all i wear the same fucking thing all the time yeah. it is the exact same dress in different patterns <laughs> <laughs> so don't talk to me about yeah, my outfits. like you going out in that high neck mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're going out in that that color that yeah. red color dress with your like, hair <laughs> still pinned up <laughs> Like, what did I expect you to wear? <laughs> a garbage bag and some, <laughs> some, I don't know, boxes on her feet. Yeah, but they. Um, were and that was the like, other thing, like be like right at her, and so yeah. whenever her and Tony were hanging out, she was like, "Um, I can't be walking in there with your umbrella. They will notice." <laughs> oh heck yeah, they will. But they also, yeah, they're very gossipy. But they, um. At one point, they got stuck in his room. Yeah, but, <laughs> while but they meanwhile, her husband is boning down with Tony's wife in Tony and uh, his wife's room. Like, they're in the complex, like, acting all sketchy, and nobody says a thing. Leave Sue alone. Yeah, I agree. Leave her alone. Yeah, well, yeah, also, she got, she got it, stuck in Tony's room for a full day? Well, how long was that? I know, that was a long time. But, oh, that was what I was going to say, though. She <laughs> she had to have her shoes the whole time. Like, she was so miserable. Because <laughs> she was trying to be polite and, and not, what do you call it, like, inconsiderate by taking off her shoes. She's not trying to make herself at home. So then she finally got home and she took off her shoes. And she said, oh, thank God I got to take these fucking shoes off. But she, <laughs> and she must have been walking funny because the lady mentioned like, oh, what's wrong with your leg? <laughs> that, was, that was like, was that a maid? Was, um, I think it was her like, I don't know, the house. Yeah, I guess a housemaid or something. And yeah. I don't know. But she was like, oh, I didn't see you leave this morning. <laughs> oh, God. Like, yeah, I left leave me alone yeah. everyone yeah. is all up sue's butt and i don't think it's fair it's not fair well i also wanted to say in the the scheme of things like that was another part that just bothered me so much like i mean i understand well i don't know it, it bothers me but it doesn't bother me the the idea that these two tony and maggie i whatever their characters names are they um sue and chow sue and, <laughs> sue and chow thank you um their respect for their spouses, even though their spouses are fucking each other. It, oh, like I get it. And I think that's very sweet. But at the same time, it's like, dude, it's like, come on. They're disrespecting the crap out of both of you. Bone down. Do it. Yeah. Have fun. Tony's hot. Do it. It's also the but, 60s. Um, she's hot too, by the way. I don't want to downplay her or anything yeah right? why are you downplaying her i'm not downplaying her i'm just saying like i'm attracted to the man so i'm just <laughs> but she is exceedingly gorgeous mm -hmm. and that was the other thing is like I, all i could think was like like your spouses are cheating on you guys like oh my god you guys are hot and sexy like i, I don't get it i mean i guess that ha it happens a lot but it's just it's so infuriating yeah and they're also kind, wonderful people that wouldn't even have affairs on, even though you're having an affair. Like they're good people. And and how long was the affair? Like when did the affair between their spouses start? It's it had to have started before they moved in, right? Do you know what I was thinking? And they've never really explained that, but I kind of wonder if them getting rooms next to each other was on purpose right. like their spouses sent them to that building to do that 
Right, because it was the same day. Like the the son just moved out of like the second apartment. Mm-hmm. They both went after the first one, but the the neighbor like had just moved out of the, yeah. the second one. Um like not long before. Like just before uh Tony comes comes swooping in and it like the um Tony and Maggie they are reenacting like how they would have met like how the affair may have started but as neighbors mm-hmm. and I was like I think that they, they this think, had to have gone no. further because like or or they just like really jumped on the train like right away you know it's funny they say jumped on the train because 2046 <laughs> has a lot to do with trains <laughs> That's like a main feature of the film, if you will. Oh wow! Um, there's robots and trains, and Ooh, I'll watch anything <laughs> with robots in it. Oh yeah, yeah, you'll you'll get androids. Um, <laughs> it really is a it's because he in this film in in the mood for love, Tony ends up becoming a writer of martial art fiction, and um. Maggie, of course, encourages him and helps him with it. And in the long run, you guys don't see this for the most part in this film, but he does go on to become a very famous author, like a writer um, of this kind of fiction. And I believe that most of 2046 is his uh, fictional story of the future with the robots. Um, (laughs) But it's repeating his own martial art regrets. Yeah, it's repeating his own regrets in life, basically. And 2046, I believe, and I meant to pay more attention to this film because I'm almost certain 2046 was the room number that they, they, um, they had in the hotel that they kept renting to, like, pretend... To have an affair. Yeah, to, to work through. <laughs> to work through. They almost, they almost did, but they didn't. Yeah. They almost had an affair. Oh, God. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, my God. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's one of those, it's just so like erotic and sexy, and but nothing ever happens. It's just, it's like a huge, foreplay or something it's just and it's just beautifully done like like i was saying the photography and everything everything works in this film um oh and i meant to say that the the he does a lot of slow motion but then he also has moments in the film where he didn't film it in slow motion but he wanted to have it in slow motion and instead of doing uh what am i saying instead of using a program to do something he just repeats frames yeah over and over and over um which i think i noticed yeah i love that i love (laughs) that so much but this is also one of the first films he ever did on film like all of his other films i believe were on uh, digital and in fact he was the first one of the first filmmakers to make a full-length film on an iphone when the iphones came out he made a whole film using an iphone Right on. I never saw it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was hoping Criterion would put it in this box set at some point. Because <laughs> I don't think, I think it was broadcast for a festival of some sort, but I don't think it's ever been released like to own or anything. Right on. Just yeah. Taking a note. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh, but my favorite part of the whole film is oh and it kills me every time and like this is where i cry i cry every single time but early in the film well i wouldn't say early maybe when he goes to singapore and he's talking about uh the the mountains and the trees yeah where he tells his his jerky friend like you know there's this old custom uh, he he asks homegirl to go to singapore with them and she's like nah and he's like, all right, so I'll be at this hotel until X time. And the homegirl comes mm-hmm. back, but she's late. 
and he goes to Singapore on his own, and he's all by himself, and he's hanging out with his friend, talking about sad stuff, secrets, but not <laughs> not, not saying anything about it. That part, that part right there, John. That like yeah. <laughs> well, he says he says there's an old tradition where you would go up into the mountains, you'd carve a hole in a tree, you would tell the tree your secrets, and then you'd fill it with mud. So you'd leave your secrets there, and oh, it gives me chills. I can't stand it. But then, <laughs> the very end of the film is obviously much much later, and he's in Cambodia in these beautiful ancient ruins um and he sees a hole in the stone oh my god and he sits there and tells us secrets and i just cry i cry every time i'm, I'm trying not to cry now but <laughs> it's so it's just beautiful and it's it that's i mean that whole unrequited thing and then you have this I don't know. It's just beautiful. It's like, it's like he can't even, he's sharing it with nothing. It's like, a, I don't know how to explain that. It's just, it kills me every time. It's so beautiful. I mean, um, I, I can, I can dig that though. Like that seems like, I don't know, almost like, you know how you feel different um, when a person has passed and like it, like is like you're having like a rough time super emotional but for uh for me anyway um like once they're buried and then like it's over you know like that doesn't mean that like you no, uh, no longer have grief that doesn't mean you no longer you know like love for care for or have regrets or anything like that mm -hmm. but there's just something about like um putting an action like ending your feelings with an action does I, that make sense that like kind of just like it like just like it, what you're channeling everything into a thing and then mm -hmm. like it's something that you can walk away from and not necessarily leave entirely behind but you're leaving some of it behind you're leaving the yeah well the i was gonna say it. i absolutely do this like and not just not necessarily like whispering into a tree or something. <laughs> like saying, writing like, something down and then writing something it? down. Like I carry things like burdens of my, you know what I mean? Like I carry them forever. And a lot of the time it'll build up and then I'll have a point where I was like, I have to write this down. Uh, most of the time I'm, I'm writing it down to send to somebody or to post on something or whatever like that kind of thing but mostly what happens is i just write it down and then i'm like oh i'm good i don't need to share that with anybody yeah like it's fine i wrote it down and now I, i'm it, the burden of that has lifted and it amazes me that i don't do it more often because <laughs> there's so much crap that i'm like carrying all the time that i'm like i should probably just write this damn shit down so i don't have to feel this way anymore but yeah no i'll be whispering into some trees oh yeah stuffing them with mud <laughs> like no joke because like because that it, because like there's so much you're you're channeling that energy into like a lot like you're just exhausting it out you're like working mm -hmm. it out yeah I, I'll, I'll fill i'll fill some trees with mud Heck yeah. <laughs> those ruins girl and i love the fact that he did long like lingering on the ruins because all I could think was how many secrets yeah are there. or maybe he was just telling that ruin like the whole story yeah <laughs> well I mean just like in general like, like I mean from the beginning <laughs> those those things are so ancient those ruins are so ancient and you have to wonder especially if it's a, a like a spiritual place like a temple or whatever like how many how many possessions or or release of burden have has happened in those walls like you know what i mean like they're carrying a lot they're haunted by all that those ruins that's why they look like that <laughs> they're exhausted <laughs> like we're crumbling yo this is oi all these all these unrequited love affairs i mean god just have sex people yeah <laughs> well i mean there's a part before he goes to cambodia there's like some some time has passed and um, Sue comes back to 
the place where her and um, Chow met. Mm-hmm. And she takes on uh like the role of landlord is that right is she does she buy it from um she either buys Mrs. it or rents Mrs. it from Swan? the the previous lady yeah because she offers her like a discount mm-hmm. and uh and it, like you know she like looks out the window into or the doorway into a space where uh chow once was and mm-hmm. she just like has a moment and like has a has a bit of a cry and then we see which was very obviously um some time later after that where chow does show up and he asks about the people who are living there and it's they're just like oh just like a woman and her son and he knows like like he knows that it's sue because he goes up to the door and he doesn't knock Mm-hmm. And he just like lets her be, and I'm like, buddy, buddy, she wants you to knock on that door. She, she, oh, she's she here looking you for you. She's so coming bad. back to the because like well, you guys can't connect when you're in Singapore and she's in <laughs> Japan or wherever. We also didn't mention the part where she, <laughs> she basically broke into his apartment when he was living in somewhere, uh, and he got a divorce. Am I correct? Uh, yeah, I feel I'm like I sure they separated. Or, yeah. you know, she just still wasn't very present. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> um, it's a detail that didn't make any difference to me. I was like, whatever. He's free. Who cares? But uh, he has an apartment somewhere and she comes and basically breaks in and sits around his apartment, um, smokes part of a cigarette, and then steals a pair of slippers. Now, this is the nonlinear part because we saw his response to her being in the apartment first so he's like freaking out looking for something and you don't know what it is and then he asks like has anybody been in the apartment no and then he finds a cigarette with lipstick on it Mm -hmm. so he knows that somebody was there and the slippers are gone which we don't know it was the slippers yet but then we like i said we see her in his apartment and i thought it was significant that they showed her hand in that part because it the ring was not on her ring finger it was on her middle finger unless there's a different custom in in that culture i have no idea but the I ring mean, is on I, her I middle finger i assume the same because like because later on she's no longer with her husband it was just her and her son well and that was kind of confusing to you because when the old landlady asked her oh where's your husband oh he's not here right now or he's out or uh, what is it like always he's he's traveling for business. traveling for business <laughs> which is like all he ever did um he's having an affair with somebody else in yeah. some other country um but she asks about that and she says that to her so i was kind of like well is she still with him i'm not sure but then you see it's just her and her son living there later Unless he's off on business again, I've no. But the neighbor's saying like, "Oh, it's a woman, her son." He doesn't say it's yeah, you know, a couple with a kid, basically. So it's you assume that she's alone, um, and that's just. I mean, that's kind of like like I said with Age of Innocence. It's kind of the same thing where it's like these two poor people that could just never freaking get together because he was bound to his duty for his wife and all this other shit, and. Um, and then they could have gotten together at some point, like when May finally fucking died. Sorry, spoilers. But <laughs> it's like he could have gotten with her, but he didn't. And then, you know, all this time goes by. And when he finally almost comes to the point where he could see her again, he just doesn't. Because he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to remember it the way it was. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. And I kind of wonder about that too, because like with me in, in my life, I've never had a connection like these two people or even Age of Innocence like they have. I've never had that with somebody, like nobody, like not even boyfriends. So it's kind of like having something like that, it, it would be tremendous. Like it would be so fantastic, but it's also kind of like, would it get ruined if we consummated this relationship? Like, if they had consummated that relationship, it, would it have just died with that? 
do you know what I mean? Like, would that have released whatever it was and been like, eh? I mean, it could have, <laughs> it could go either way. Like, I mean, it could just uh, solidify it and move it mm -hmm. forward. Uh, but I imagine that, you know, there would have been um, a lot of a lot more guilt than uh, than Sue was ready for, you know. Yeah. Uh, but him yeah. not him not knocking on the door. I interpreted that uh, less of like, let's keep it what it was and more of I'm not going to bother her. She's living a new life now. Exactly. You know, yeah. like, you know, she didn't come with me all that time ago. I'm not going to go and stir some shit up again. Mm -hmm. um, and and then that's probably the way that I I would think, like, if I had the opportunity to knock on the door, I'd probably be like like i i'd i'd lean closer to the side of um not self-loathing but um like i i think i would underestimate my my value to that person you know oh i absolutely would and I would. and just be like you know i'm just gonna like they're they they sound they seem happy now you know i'm just gonna yeah, i'm just gonna alone. let it be yeah I was gonna say something else. I can't think of what it was now. Yeah, bummer though. Like, meanwhile, homegirl's like <laughs> crying in doorways. <laughs> yeah, she totally wanted you to knock on that damn door. Yeah, like I think she, I mean she I think it, is... and I would have wanted it like that. In in the I would have wanted it. Yeah, like that would have been a happy ending movie, and it would have been a romantic comedy like we wanted. But, <laughs> <laughs> but instead, he's whispering into a damn. Well, there's an alternate, there's an alternate <laughs> ending or a deleted scene for for this, where she's also in Cambodia, and like they see each other there. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, isn't that funny? I never watched any of the special features on the DVD. Or the Blu -ray. <laughs> and I, think I just I I feel like sometimes with films, and I mean you know I love film tremendously, but there are some films that. that I don't want to know anything. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to ruin the magic of this film by knowing anything yeah. about it. Kind Dude, of sometimes thing. like I feel that way for um, voice actors or podcasters. Like if I haven't seen their face once I do like uh, it's like broken. Like I'm like, because it's like yeah. I'm picturing them instead of the spirits that they're communicating do you know what's funny is that's i feel that way about one podcast there was these two people and in my head i pictured them a certain way mm -hmm. and then when i saw them and like what they actually looked like i was like oh that's not what i pictured Same. and to this day i actually still picture the fictionalized version like it's weird to me when i see them and i'm like <laughs> oh that's them i forgot because <laughs> in my head you're different you look different they're similar to what i thought they'd look like but not a hundred percent anyway but um i was gonna say that what was i gonna say shit um beautiful 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 but uh 2046 I, I, like i said in a way i do love that film as a sequel and as like a a, a pairing with this but i also kind of don't because i think there's a lot of it that kind of disappoints me like we didn't need to know certain things or or i didn't really want to know that his character dwelled on it as much as he did do you know what i mean like right. you I didn't want to know that the that the hole in the wall trick didn't work yeah <laughs> well that the hole in the wall basically it haunted him and that's what I'm saying. Like there's the repetition that I'm talking about in that movie is the repetition of somebody speaking into a hole. It's, it's like nonstop in that damn movie. So it's, it's like that specific thing haunts him so badly that he did that. And it's kind of like, you're, you're kind of taken away from my in the mood for love moment here. Like stop doing that. <laughs> it's beautiful. The visual is nice, but I don't want it. <laughs> I liked it better when you left it the way it was in Cambodia. Um, <laughs> I also loved, by the way, um, that young, the, the young monk that was like sitting in the ruins and, and then witnessing him. him speaking into the hole, like that silent witness that you 
like he had no idea was there. I fucking love that. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, so I don't think we can say anything else. Can we say anything else? Is there anything else to say? Uh, no. No, not, not for me. Not that I can think of. Other what than, did, you know, people need to get out of her business. All right? Get, heck yeah. Leave Sue alone. Leave her the fuck alone. Let her have sex with Tony. Yeah, I will it, say, it probably would have been different if they weren't, like, like sincerely, like, up her butt. Yeah. Like, about anything she was doing. And, and he goes, whatever, you know, whatever. Leave Sue alone. That's all. Yeah. I have to say, like, I, I love Tony as an actor. And, you know, him and Happy Together, obviously, with the gay and the sex and the mm-hmm. underwear and fantastic shit. Fantastic. But I've also seen him in movies where I'm like, oh, God, please no. Like, <laughs> I know he was in the movie The Lover. And that was like, I haven't actually watched it, but I've heard a lot about it. And apparently the sex in it is like super sexy or whatever. But which doesn't surprise me with him especially but then he was also in lust caution by one uh, not one car by ang lee and that movie disappointed me so bad like i've told you this before like that turned me off of watching ang lee movies for a very long time because i was like why the fuck did you make that horrible piece of shit movie it was literally (laughs) just to film people having sex uncomfortably for way too long like it was the worst thing i've ever seen and i was like and it didn't make any sense it was like you literally just made a movie for gratuitous sex and in my opinion tony was actually having sex with that girl and i was like ew i did not need to know that tony's penis was entering this woman ew leave something to the imagination people like i'm i ugh that's one of those movies where you're pretty sure like yeah they had sex like uh, ew i mean nice for you i guess but no yeah that made me think of like andy warhol's um blue movie where which was just it's called blue movie because they forgot to white balance their cameras um, <laughs> but it was just a bunch of people boning and i was just like come off it all right like get out of here just, I just, just like don't 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 do just like tr- this and then just be like look at my art I'm Andy Warhol and I'm like Mwah. yeah fuck you well I mean that's kind of that's kind of how I felt about that it was like I, obviously I'm a big pervert I love sex I love nudity I think it's all great but in that particular situation it was just awkward like I remember the guy that I was dating at the time walked in on me watching that movie and it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I was like, could you please leave the room? Cause I, I don't even want to see this. And then you standing there while I'm trying to watch this is the worst thing I've ever, uh, it was just, it felt dirty. I was like, I don't like yeah, any of this. Like, I don't mind boning in film, but I do mind when it becomes less about, I don't know where, it feels more like I'm watching the director get off. Yes, that's exactly like, what it felt and like, and like, that's what why, I'm saying. Why are you forcing me to like sit here like this? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, especially with Ang Lee, I was like, Ang, oh my god, like, just have sex with your wife or whatever. Like, why do we have to see this? <laughs> I, I was just. it was dirty it was just dirty it made me feel gross and like i said the story itself it literally made no sense for him to make a movie about a story that you could care less about it was almost like scarface but with sex it was like it's like nobody cares about this story and nobody cares about the i mean it was fucking stupid like in the end basically the woman got shot in the back of the head anyway so it was like you didn't save her you didn't do anything like all you did was bone down with her for 40 fucking minutes while we had to sit there and watch it uncomfortably like i don't want to see that and it meant nothing because you didn't even love her enough to save her fucking life so who cares like you fucking shit and that's why i hated that it was tony in that movie because i was like i love tony and you're ruining this for me you're making sex with him seem just awful awful anyway Sorry, that was a 
That was a tangent there. <laughs> so it's fine. What would you rate in the mood for love? Oh my God. Nine. A nine. Wow. Nine. Yeah. Score. Nine. I'd give nine. It maybe nine and a half. <laughs> it's, it is. It's very high. It's, it's like, you know, my Barry Lyndon meter. It's, it's as close to Barry Lyndon as you could probably get for filmmaking. Oh my. It wow. is fantastic. I think it's a gorgeous work of art. Yeah. I would give it um I would give it a 7. Nice, nice. Which I I consider a good score. Yeah. <laughs> what would you recommend? Uh I I thought about it for a bit because uh because I think it might be a little on the nose to recommend like something like Portrait or Carol. Um, but I, but they have boning in those movies and they have like, I don't know, like a conversation, conversations about the relationship <laughs> that, that it's between them. Uh, mm -hmm. so I'm going to go for something that's a bit more, more with the lack of conversation, um, and passage of time, uh, Moonlight. I, th I think Moonlight would be a good, oh. a good pair. This. I've never seen that. Oh, it's something we've discussed doing. Well, yeah, maybe I discussed, but it's a good one. Solid flick. Cool, cool. Yeah. What would you recommend? Uh, Age of Innocence by Martin Scorsese. Hmm. Right on. Just cry. Just have a day of crying. Just cry all day. <laughs> but watch gorgeous <laughs> cinema while you do it. <laughs> Cinematically, yeah. yeah same i mean just fucking gorgeous film i think it's scorsese's best film I in my opinion age of, of innocence i know we i've been meaning to have us do it for a while but <laughs> i haven't chose it because it's so depressing <laughs> <laughs> and then i picked this one so it's like <laughs> i could have just done it um but yeah we'll do that Why one not? for sure like i enjoy a good cry moonlight is like no moonlight is like oh <laughs> You know? Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Oh. Janelle Monae's in it, so I'm surprised I haven't watched it yet, but yeah. but I have not. Um, but yeah. What is our choice for next week? Do you know? I, you know, I wanted to do this a lot sooner in a quarantine. And, I mean, may as well do it now, because we're still having, like, Zoom calls for this. <laughs> for this like the pandemic is still like like COVID's still like on the up and up um but and I decided while we were talking because we were talking about like a fluid script and filming on iPhones and I think I'm just gonna go for it uh host which is uh streaming on shutter host yeah host not host, the one 2020 way. host or ho host 2020 not the host or the other hosty bits, but the one that's like 52 minutes long and on shutter. Because <laughs> there was uh, the host by um, that guy that did Parasite. Yes, and there's also the host that's based on the what's what's her nuts that uh, oh that bad the writer Twilight lady. person I believe <laughs> wrote. Let's another make book. another movie out of one of her yeah. bad books. No, this one this one's a this one's a horror flick. Okay. Over a, over a zoom a zoom call. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. We'll do that. Um, by the way, the host by that guy that did Parasite is streaming on Criterion right now, which oh. I thought was like, what? Really? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Go for it. Do it. Um, also, I don't know if you, I saw an article, this is a side note, guys, um, and I haven't looked into it, but I apparently on uh, the what is that guy's name? The guy that parasite. Do you know what his name is? I can't remember. Uh, oh, Boon Joe Hill. No, 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 no. I said that wrong. I absolutely said that wrong. Well, anyway, he he does a commentary for Criterion. It was finally released, obviously, and um, uh, apparently he says that um, Mad Max Fury Road is one of the inspirations for this movie. <laughs> I was like, what? I need to know more. Oh yeah, uh, so. Bong Joon Ho. There you go. There you go. Um, so yeah. So join us next weekies. 
Yeah. And, uh, and in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at One Foot Podcast or One Foot on the Ground. And you can email us at onefootpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, subscribe, like, review, all that dang good stuff. Uh, and catch you next week. Bye-bye. I'm in the mood for love.